First, the word was liberal. Then, the phrase became politically correct. Now, the word woke suggests a whole host of so-called progressive ideas that our country needs to wake up to and embrace. The titles politically correct and woke have more or less become interchangeable, but what we really should wake up from is the delusion that any of this poisonous brainwashing is correct politically or otherwise. I'm Bob Siegel, your host for this week's episode of World News Brief. You wonder why so many frown upon the word liberal. What in the world is wrong with being a liberal? You always thought of that as a good word. Well, my friend, actually, that is a good word if we're just looking at the word itself. Nothing's wrong with being a liberal as far as what that word literally means. It's just that the meanings of words tend to take on new associations in the wide panorama of history progression. Several years ago, I wrote and published a piece of satire for my column. It was called The Liberal Manifesto, kind of a play on words, a parody mimicking the style of serious works such as the Communist Manifesto and the Socialist Manifesto. While satire has its humorous moments, my purpose was to present irony and cause people to reconsider their liberal positions by recognizing that almost every standard they adhered to directly contradicted another standard that they also claimed to embrace. Now, over the years, I have republished this column several times, updating it along the way. The reason is obvious. I don't need to tell you. You can guess. Newer positions, increasingly more hideous positions, had to get added to the list because I was watching the news. And these positions had even greater contradictions. Well, on today's podcast, I present my latest version of the Liberal Manifesto, even more updated. I call this making the obvious obvious, and despite the tongue-in-cheek fashion, my purpose really is to challenge and educate, not to make anybody feel bad. If it helps, there are bad values on this list that I once embraced back before I became a Christian, and when I say that, I'm not saying that all Christians reject today's liberalism, or all Christians would agree with me. They don't. They should, but they don't. I don't mean that they should agree with me. I mean that they should agree with the values in the Bible that are being contradicted around us by our culture. On the other hand, there are many people who resist liberalism, and they're not Christian at all. So I'm not here to say that Christians are smarter than anyone else. Believe me, I know a lot of intelligent people who are not religious. And I know a lot of stupid Christians, frankly. But again, I myself have done stupid things things too. So let's just say that today's show is a chance for all of us to reason together, learn and grow together. Before I begin, back to that term liberal. Actually, in the most technical sense, I consider myself to be a liberal that is a true liberal in the historic idea, in the generic usage of the word, one who marches to the beat of a different drum and does not always follow the pack, one who challenges the conventional wisdom most people have accepted without analysis, simply because it comes from staple institutions like college or the media. Unfortunately, that definition, although good, has changed. Today, the term liberal is being used to describe the status quo, the politically correct, other virtues offered up as sacred values taken for granted and portrayed like the only clear, sensible positions. 
Such people discourage debate and resort to name-calling when they're asked to authenticate their so-called facts. In other words, the term liberal no longer really means liberal. Truth be told, today's liberals should call themselves conservative. Now, nobody likes that word either. <laughs> conservative, you think of that word, you think of some old fuddy-duddy. But I got to tell you, what liberals stood for in the 1960s, conservatives are standing for now, for the most part at least. If we really wanted to search for a name that sounded better than conservative and still caught the heart of the older liberalism, the word libertarian comes closest with their views of less government, more freedom. I actually relate to a good deal of what libertarians stand for, but I do feel that on some issues they push a little too much for freedom. Freedom sounds great, but when it gets pushed to the point where other people's rights and other people's freedoms are being challenged, it becomes a problem. Although, to be fair, to be fair to my libertarian friends, there's a spectrum. Not all libertarians are in agreement with every issue. Not all libertarians are in agreement with each other on everything, just as not all conservatives are in agreement with each other. Not all Republicans are in agreement with each other. For myself, I resonate to some degree with all three of them, Republicans, conservatives, libertarians. But I suppose the term that best describes me is independent, and I'm registered as an independent politically. Unfortunately, ideas that today are being hailed as liberal are really falling under the philosophy of Marxism. If you look at what they're actually calling for, if you look at what they really want to do. And yet those who today call themselves liberal usually resist words such as Marxist. Interestingly enough, until recently, they even resisted the word socialist just a few years ago. A few years ago, if you called a Democrat or any liberal a socialist, they accused you of name-calling, demonization, and overreacting. Now, thanks to Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and a lot of college professors, people are wearing the title socialist as a badge of honor. And meanwhile, there are still people who are more classically liberal in terms of what they really believe. They're not really Marxist, but they align themselves in sincere ignorance to Marxist philosophy, not understanding the whole philosophy, but they resonate with its promises, promises to help the poor, promises to be against racism, promises being the operative word. They don't usually really deliver on any of that stuff. And others do honestly align themselves with Marxist philosophy, but they still resist the titles, not the ideas, the titles. People are often a lot more interested in what they're being called and the way things sound and the way things appear. That's called symbolism over substance. Anyway, perhaps the best way to not get distracted, the best way to not judge books by their covers, is to find a label that simply encompasses the direction our country seems headed. And for that, I think I will go back to the word politically correct. For that reason, in this updated version, I am changing the name from liberal manifesto to politically correct manifesto. This best describes people who are clinging to popular ideas, even if some of these so-called new ideas are old, resurfaced ideas. So now, imagine us taking all the PC talking points, all the things on the politically correct list that you're expected to believe, or at least most of them, a bunch of them, putting them on one list, and imagine if they were written out as one manifesto trying to make sense. That's what I put together 
in a tongue-in-cheek fashion. Of course, even if the style is satirical, I am very serious. No, I doubt that you will ever hear a liberal or a politically correct person by name describe himself or herself in exactly this fashion, but these are the honest sum totals of their connecting pillars with all the subtle contradictions. Naturally, with all human beings, there are exceptions and variations from individual to individual. I am critiquing the generalized thought. But my friends, exceptions to the rule ought not make us ignore the rule. Otherwise, the big elephant in the room is never confronted. My apologies to my Democratic friends for using a Republican mascot just now to make a point. I will be speaking in the first person as if I were the politically correct person writing this manifesto. And now, without further ado, the rewritten liberal manifesto, now called the politically correct manifesto. Both words today really mean the same thing, but I'm just using a word that people might be more comfortable with. The politically correct manifesto. Number one. We believe that notions of good and evil are outdated and should never be used, unless we're talking about Donald Trump, other Republicans, or right-wing born-again Christians who are clearly responsible historically for almost every evil in the world. Point two of the politically correct manifesto. We are strong advocates of choice. We are the people of choice. Unless people want to choose their own schools, radio shows, cars, cigars, unhealthy food, healthcare providers, amount of energy to use in the home, salaries to pay employees, location for religious assembly, location for religious symbols, and the amount of money to leave their children in a will, we do continue to celebrate a woman's right to choose an abortion. But we also like the laws in China that limit how many children one can birth because too many people in the world contribute to global warming. So the one remaining choice is only a temporary one. Point three, we believe that having women on the Supreme Court offers necessary balance as women will always bring a perspective men cannot offer with important decisions that guide our country. On the other hand, when it comes to guiding children in a family atmosphere, we do not believe gender to be of any importance whatsoever. Indeed, a child with two fathers is going to be every bit as healthy as a child with a father and a mother. And in that case, female influence is non-essential to development and health. Point four, we believe in standing up for the rights of the weak and the disenfranchised unless we're talking about an unborn baby. Point five, we believe in tolerance. And those who are unwilling to tolerate the same lifestyles we tolerate should no longer be tolerated. Thus, we strongly advocate laws forbidding hate speech. And if those guilty of hate speech do not see their speech as hateful, it only means they are especially hateful and that their intolerance should be especially not tolerated. Point six of the PC Manifesto. We believe that as regards gay marriage, church and state should be completely separated. Christians have no right to pass laws about who can or cannot be married out in the secular world, and we therefore applaud the Supreme Court decision made a few years ago. Marriage in the church can be defined any way they want, so long as they do not impose that belief on the rest of us. However, 
We strongly support those who sue churches for refusing to marry gay couples because, after all, this is a civil rights issue and not a religious issue. Therefore, religious people should not be exempted. Point seven. As a specific example of our inclusive philosophy, we believe that when conservatives opposed President Obama's nominee to the Supreme Court, Sonia Sotomayor, their only possible motive must clearly have been racism. It couldn't possibly have been for concerns about a judge who was going to legislate from the bench. However, and this is very important, when Democrats opposed Clarence Thomas and Alberto Gonzalez, race had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Point eight. In that same vein, we accept Judge Sotomayor's right to claim that a Latina woman will reach a better conclusion than a white male who hasn't lived that life. Such a statement cannot be construed as racist because people of color do not have the power. Even though this woman as a Supreme Court judge has kind of sort of had a lot of power for years. Meanwhile, should a white judge ever claim that a white man can rule better than a Latina woman, we will expose him as the sexist, racist, bigoted vermin he truly is. Point nine, we believe that all rich people are evil, with the exception of rich Democrat politicians, George Soros, Michael Moore, or any left-wing Hollywood activist. Point 10, we believe religion should be left out of any political discussion, separation between church and state, Religion does not belong in any political discussion unless some Democrat politician wants to say that Jesus would have accepted illegal immigration or some gay Episcopal priest wants to talk about how the Bible teaches that God is loving and tolerant. In those cases, religion is a very appropriate ingredient to bring into the mix. Catching on? Point 11. We believe intelligent design does not belong in the classroom due to, once again, church and state legalities. Therefore, intelligent design should not be put forth even as a theory to be discussed. We also believe that if an instructor wants to talk about how stupid it is to believe in God, he should be allowed. Separation between church and state does not apply in that situation. Point 12. When a professor such as Ward Churchill from a number of years ago compares the victims of 9-11 to Nazis, his speech, outrageous as it is, must be protected under the First Amendment. On the other hand, when the president of Harvard suggested that men and women tend to score differently on math tests, well, in that case, such talk should never have been allowed because... First Amendment put aside, the college campus must hold its staff to a higher standard. Besides, we know that men and women are not different at all about anything, even though, once again, women do bring a unique perspective to the Supreme Court. Point 13. We believe it is wrong for a mother to spank her child. That is child abuse. But if she wants to kill this child in the womb, that is her fundamental right. Point 14. We are very concerned about global warming, and those who would ask us to prove it scientifically should just get with the program and stop being so dog-darned argumentative. However, we will ask Christians to prove their belief in God scientifically, and if they can't, they have no place in our public dialogue. Indeed, 
They pollute our public dialogue. Oh, yes. And if Christians claim they can prove God scientifically, if they claim they can do that, well, then they should be especially banned from public dialogue. Never mind that we asked them to prove God. Never mind that we asked. We only asked because we were sure they couldn't do it. Point 15. We believe that almost anything you can imagine and a lot of stuff you never would have dreamed up in a million years contributes to global warming, including Christmas lights, cow dung, cow emissions. But the private jets that Democrats fly around in to give lectures on global warming are not a problem. While we're on the subject of private jets, when Wall Street CEOs fly in such jets, they're evil. That is, they would be evil if such a thing existed. And in the cases of people we don't like, it does exist. See point one. Point 16 of the PC Manifesto. We believe that smaller cars will keep our atmosphere safer, even if accidents in such cars will kill a whole lot more people than big cars. People come and go. But the planet is what's important. Point 17. When a Muslim terrorist kills a person, we must not rush to judgment and condemn the entire religion of Islam. For this is a beautiful religion hijacked by a few nutcase terrorists and one or two bad apples do not spoil the whole bunch. However, if a police officer shoots a black man claiming he resisted arrest, we ought automatically assume that this was done due to racism and that such racism permeates our police departments all over the country. Point 18. We believe America needs to have a serious conversation about race and admit that primarily we are a racist country where African Americans are unable to advance, even though we twice elected an African American president and have had two African American secretaries of state and two African American Supreme Court justices. Point 19. We liberals are proud of being more nuanced than conservatives. For example, we suggest that instead of merely wanting to destroy organizations like ISIS, we should find them jobs. And when we deny that their religion has anything to do with their objectives, even though they claim themselves that their religion is central to their objectives, well, these are nuanced arguments on our part. Far too complex, far too complicated for those dumb country bumpkin conservatives to grasp. On the other hand, Anyone who did not support or vote for Barack Obama was clearly a racist. It is simply impossible that they might have objected to his lies about Benghazi, lies about health care, rule by unconstitutional executive fiat, or deals with Iran in the face of Iran's proud boast to destroy both Israel and America. Nope, nope. If you dislike Obama, there is nothing nuanced about it. You are a racist, plain and simple. Ditto if you didn't vote for Hillary. Never mind the story she made up about her email server. You just can't handle a woman president. That's all. What? You say you supported Michelle Bachman? You say you supported Carly Friarina? You wanted them for president? Well, they don't count. Conservative women aren't true women. Oh, you say you also supported Ben Carson for president? You also supported Herman Cain for president? They didn't count either, dummy. They're not really black. They're Oreos, black on the outside, white on the inside. Point 20. If a Christian business will not cater a gay wedding, never mind all this free exercise of religion guaranteed under the First Amendment nonsense. Once again, this is now a civil rights issue. On the other hand, 
Should a Muslim business refuse a request to cater a wedding with pork due to their religious convictions, just leave them alone. Haven't the poor Muslims been through enough trying to explain that Muslim terrorists are not really Muslims? We owe them one. Besides, it's a little less safe to confront Muslims than it is to confront Christians, but we won't go into those reasons because if we did, we would be guilty of hate speech. Point 21. We believe right-wing ideas are too stupid to even debate. That is why we do not debate them. We call right-wingers names instead because they deserve to be called names. Hitler is always a good one. Would you debate with a Nazi or with a Ku Klux Klan member? Of course not. Can we prove that all right-wing people are like the Nazis or the Klan? Well, no. To do that, we would have to have a debate, and we are not going to debate. Haven't you been paying attention? Point 21. We believe that we should obey our governors and mayors without hesitation when they put forth executive orders about lockdowns, sheltering in place, social distancing, masks, even the closing of churches, theaters, and businesses such as salons or fitness centers. After all, they are merely keeping us safe. On the other hand, when these same mayors and governors order the police to stand down and call for the defunding of police, we have no right to accuse them of not caring about our safety because, well, because all they are doing is allowing people to peacefully protest. Point 22, on that same subject, as for those who don't believe these protests are peaceful because of all the violence, we call your attention to the fact that this violence has a righteous cause, so it can't possibly be true violence. Indeed, those who call it violence, they are the violent ones. By the way, those who protest against their stores not being allowed to open up, well, in those cases, they are being rebellious. They should be put in jail because of COVID-19. On the other hand, convicted felons already in jail should be released because of COVID-19. Point 23. This is also related. We believe that policemen are good, decent, hardworking people who are just doing their jobs when they arrest a woman who defies orders and opens up her salon. But these same police are evil racists who should be defunded should they ever try to prevent shootings, beatings, and buildings being burnt down in the name of Black Lives Matter. Next point. We believe all black lives matter except for black policemen black business owners whose buildings were burnt down, black babies put to death in abortions, black children being shot as a result of anarchy in the streets, and any black conservatives. Once again, black conservatives are not truly black. And those, my friend, are only some of the points. Every time we turn on the news, there's more. That's why no matter how many times I try to update this, it is never completely current, at least not for more than a day or two. The PC woke agenda goes on in 2023. Race and gender continue to dominate the headlines. Those who are eager to indoctrinate your kids in the public school with critical race theory are just as eager to bring in the LGBTQ agenda. The idea is to make you feel like a racist if you object to any of it. Even the gender discussion, which really has nothing to do with race, which many civil rights leaders over the years have said has nothing to do with race. But those who have hijacked the narrative will claim that everything is about race as their PC woke manifesto continues. Check out these extra fun ones for size. All white people are racist. 
no matter what they do. People of color can never be racist. White people are racist. They can try to tell us that they're not racist. They can try to prove that they're not racist. They can offer demonstrations and examples about why they're not racist. But don't you try any tricks to pretend you are not a racist, even when a white couple adopts black children. Do you think that fools anyone? You don't love those kids. You only did that because you want to be a white colonizer. On the other hand, if white foster parents were offered a black baby and they said they preferred a white baby, whoa, only one reason for that. Don't try to get out of it by claiming you don't want to be a colonizer. You're just a racist through and through. That's why you didn't want a baby of color. And don't try to sell us on other things you like about cultures different than your own. White people can say they love the African-American culture or the Hispanic culture or the Asian culture, even to the point of imitating their styles. But that, my friend, is cultural appropriation. As a female student once learned by wearing an Asian dress to a dance, and white restaurant owners are also learning if they want to cook ethnic food. Only Mexicans should own Mexican restaurants. Only Chinese should own Chinese restaurants. However, and this is very important, if we want to imitate third world cultures by eating bugs and insects, well, that is not cultural appropriation because that will save the planet from global warming. Just don't you dare be white and say you identify with being black. Not that you can't identify at all. If you're a man identifying with being a woman, well, who are we to judge? On the subject of men and women, when men are accused by women, the women are to be immediately believed, and the men are to be immediately found guilty, as so many of our U.S. senators reminded us when Brett Kavanaugh was nominated to the Supreme Court and accused of sexual advances by a woman. Of course, had Kavanaugh claimed he really was a woman, that he identified with being a woman and therefore could not have been lying because he was really a woman, well, we're too smart. What do you think we become? A country of idiots? No, just a country of woke people. In fact, we're too woke to even use pronouns such as he or she in public places. We no longer say father and mother in the classroom. At Disneyland, they no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, okay? Of course, if a man is calling himself she or a woman is calling herself he, then the pronouns are very appropriate. And that's all. In the name of tolerance, free thought, open discussion, personal choice, and sound reason, we, the undersigned, do proudly uphold this latest incarnation of the politically correct manifesto. Well, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of irony, a lot of satire, but also a lot of truth and hopefully a lot to think about. But in the meantime, that's all for today. Thank you for joining me. 